This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me for the first episode of the year, 2022, Mr. Chris Budd, Mr. Phil Shaw, the original Three Amigos, that fourth wheel chap. It's, what's he, what's, what was his excuse? He was playing... Uh, Pokemon Monopoly. Yeah, that's where his priorities lie, Villa chums. Oh, good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> yes, Happy New Year. Comes on to sell his Christmas jumpers, and then you don't see him again until next Christmas. <laughs> you know it to be true. It's a great Christmas jumper, though. <laughs> uh, it's subjective, I think. It's subjective. Questionable. How was your Christmases? It's good. Like, a shame to lose a lot of gigs. I lost all my, I think I mentioned to you before, I'd lost a lot of my Christmas and New Year gigs, which was a shame, so it was low-key, but it was nice to get down there on Boxing Day. and uh... No money for the bud over Christmas. Unfortunately not. Ho, ho, ho. You need to start releasing a line of Christmas jumpers if this pandemic uh, continues for next Christmas. <laughs> Hashtag diversify. <laughs> Phil Shaw? Fucking awful. Ah, yes. Why? In what the, isol- in oh. the isolation station yes. in Monaco. <laughs> yes, if, oh, you're right. gonna, if you're going to test positive, don't do it on like the 22nd of December. No. And then isolate in the room, and then the rest of your household test positive on Boxing Day, so you isolated for nothing. You and Stephen Gerrard. You and Stephen yeah. Gerrard. Holding yeah. hands. Yes, talking tactics. No, uh, on the bright side, I'm going to be the most immune person in Northern Ireland for a good while. So it's double vaxxed, boosted, and caught it. So nothing can stop me. I'm bulletproof now. Yeah, well, we'll see what the next variant is, shall we? And how is La La Land? Well, I'm, I'm on holiday, so uh, I've been to New York, stayed at a friend's, then went to Nashville for a couple of days en route to LA. And uh, I think the first seven days in LA, it's just been monsoon season. Just- <laughs> Pissing oh, it down. No. I finally saw the sun yesterday for the first time. But uh, so we can actually, I can actually go out on walks now. And I'm up in the hills near the, the Hollywood sign, so it's kind of easy just to stroll out. And well, the problem is there's loads of tourists about, but still, uh, it's uh, it feel like you're away now. Before I was just in a house, almost like in isolation, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> but with a much I was better there view. Supporting Phil in solidarity, and until today, now now I'm uh, cutting loose. Although everybody's got COVID in America, so uh, 
what can you do? Well, when I was in Nashville, I wanted to see ice hockey, the, the Predators, but that was called off. So a lot of the uh, NBA, NHL have, have been uh, called off and, you know, rosters have been stripped down. They're, they're actually like signing players for 10 days just to cover cover wow. COVID breaks and stuff, which is kind of interesting. It's like emergency loans, isn't it? You know, we yeah. get that very often over here. Corrali. Yeah, I was just thinking of Corrali and his, uh, his pajamas. <laughs> Can you skate, Galbar? <laughs> uh, don't, don't, don't tell me he's going to be in goal for, at Old Trafford for the FA Cup yet again. Paul Scholes will come out of retirement again. <laughs> just to put one past Corrali. Right, uh, we are back. It's 2022. Hopefully you enjoyed the... Uh, the same old villa. <laughs> Hopefully you enjoyed the the Christmas New Year uh, double part special. Unfortunately, we missed out one show because uh, of uh, technical uh, issues, but uh, we are back. I'm, I've got my roving mic. It's a shame we didn't start off New Year with a bang, but we'll be talking about Brentford. Probably touch on Chelsea because it was a similar kind of uh, it was a good forty five minutes and a bad forty five minutes essentially. It seems to be a pattern emerging there. But we'll go through the local latest Villa news. We'll catch up on the three points what's happening in the football world uh, before getting into uh, what's happening at Villa and uh, looking ahead to uh, well probably the uh, the most immediate thing is the uh, transfer window where Gerard seems to be uh, kind of bullish on what we should be expecting he's talking about excitement for Villa fans so uh, let's see what uh, excitement is in his eyes All right before we uh, get launch full on into the show I just want to give a shout out to uh, the supporters of this episode Penfold now we're into 2022 and you're looking at New Year's resolutions I think you should be getting your uh, final finances up to scratch. Uh, I mean, I think there's going to be some kind of recession across the board. So uh, in the UK, it's uh, if you haven't got a pension already, that's probably the uh, the conservative rock you need in your investment portfolio, especially if you're a freelance. Uh, a lot of big percentage of freelancers haven't got any pension, uh, which is something I realized uh, last year when I finally uh, got a pension through Penfold. So uh, it takes literally five minutes. You can set it up on your phone. And uh, if you open your uh, Penfold Pension using the code MOMS. If you go to uh, getpenfold.com stroke MOMS and use the code MOMS to open it, you get an extra £50 in your pension as soon as you uh, fund it, as well as getting uh, the 25% bonus on anything you put in, uh, the government bonus. Your money is invested. You can choose the uh, the risk and tier, uh, but uh, you will get a uh, percentage back, obviously, from your investments, and that compounds and builds and builds and, and over over time, uh, it's quite astonishing uh, how it builds. And, you know, the younger you are, the better, but it's never too late. Any investment, even a pension, your capital is at risk. But uh, do sign up at the link and get that extra £50 uh, when you set it up. And you can, if you've got any other existing pensions, you can uh, draft them into the, your pot as well. And they'll actually do that for you. Right. Uh, moving on, I think we should start off with some news. Uh, do you want to go for the couple? that uh, were shielding from uh, COVID uh, for two years and uh, managed to win 300000 on a scratch card. Or should we talk about villain news? Oh, that's an uplifting start to the year, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I think it's something that Phil Shaw probably wants to get into. He'd probably choose that, choose that over Villa, actually. I didn't know they did, like home delivery and scratch cards. So <laughs> shielding was obviously not that great. They probably spent three hundred grand on scratch cards. <laughs> Yeah, you probably have to pay the postage as well. Right, let's get into uh, the Villa News.
postponements over the Christmas period with the Burnley and Leeds game getting uh, postponed. I mean, we'll talk about that more later, but in terms of fixture congestion, that actually helped Villa, but ultimately we lost both games that it was meant to actually help us in. Mm. which was unfortunate. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Villa supporters have voted Jacob Ramsey as December's Player of the Month, uh, with Goal of the Month thrown in for his uh, mercurial strike against Norwich. What a goal that was. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, this is so Villa, isn't it? Trezeguet and Truro back from their long-term injuries just to get a little bit of training in for a week at Villa, get a couple of minutes under the belts and off to uh, the African nations. They go. Trezeguet obviously will be representing uh, Egypt and Truro will be there for Bikina Faso while Marvellous Nakamba misses out for uh, due to his long-term injury. So they'll be gone for, I don't know, two, three weeks. So it depends how Minimum, well they're yeah. responsible. Respective, or yeah, or forever. In in the case of Trezeguet, after his antics against Brentford, but uh, yeah, so, I, I, you know, just quickly, I think on the plus side, they need games under their belt. So uh, in that respect, it's. Uh, I mean, I'd written them off. I was surprised that Truro was back in action so soon. So, uh, but it's it's really another month out, technically, isn't it? Yeah. So it's a positive if they come back match fit, but then again, they might pick up another injury, and you know that might be them out. But I think Gerard could be looking at those as people that, as players that don't really give a hundred percent day week in week out, and I don't think that's the kind of mentality he's going to build his squad uh, with, is he? He's not going to have these glitter players or or players that you know give you. Uh, Let's say two decent games in five or some or ten in their cases. Yeah. All right. Manchester United FA Cup game is sold out uh, as Villa play United back to back. Did that sell out quick enough? I mean, I've been out of touch with the, uh, the, the sale. Strangely, the home league game sold out really quickly. Yeah, so that's a five thirty on the Saturday, and then the, the the cup game. Well, now I was asking about the cup game. The, the home game would sell out, but the yeah, cup the away game... one was not as fast as you'd expect. To be honest. Well, I, I don't know. I, I, because people go, oh, you know, why, why take small allocation? Well, the scenario is they had uh, they were offered three amounts. The one that we we got, then there was a round of around six six and a half thousand, and then yeah, the other one was one. like eight thousand eight thousand plus. Problem is that it's Monday night. The transport's shocking, and it's on and it was on it was on bloody BBC as well. So maximum exposure. So it, it's <laughs> and between you're a, charging forty six quid or whatever it was. Yeah, they were originally charging a higher amount. So uh, because there's different parts of the ground, because United know that, for example, if they don't give us that bigger allocation, they can sell that extra block they give us to their own fans for 46. So they, they lose out if they're uh, offering us like 8,000 tickets for 30 quid. So they wouldn't do that. So we would have had to have paid uh, 48, 46 pounds. So do you think 8,000 Villa fans are going to pay 46 no. pounds for a game? They can't root. Some of them won't be able to get back from. And it's also on BBC, I don't think so. So people kicking off about that. It's like, well, you, you play the safe one there because the option was... Three thousand at thirty pounds, or over forty quid for any any other extra allocation. So you know, if the game was uh, at the weekend, then Villa might have gone, f- you know, gone for it, gone for like six thousand, whatever. But you know, if it wasn't on TV as well, so I, you know, you understand it because a they don't want to be carrying the can on tickets they can't sell, and also you don't want to be charging away fans that much for an FA Cup game, which uh, never any guarantee how strong the first team will be. Uh, first transfer action of note in the window Keenan Davis has gone off to Forest on loan probably the last we'll see of him I would say 
quite possibly if you know if we if we're trying to uh, remain upwardly mobile you would think so yeah and but i think it's a good club for him and a, a team in a position that they yeah. could push for the playoffs if i'm surprised they've actually kind of turned things around a bit you've got the uh, the old villa luis grabon and uh, davis up front now it'd be a handful them too wouldn't they yeah and she'd work on paper shouldn't it yeah ta- yeah if you can keep him fit. Grabon's a good finisher, so if this is uh, the foil, if that's the role Davis is going to play, it might be uh, interesting. But yeah, it's all about his injuries because he really had a, you know, his opportunity has knocked at Villa. I mean, there's been seasons where we've had one fit striker and this was his opportunity. But if he had a bit of predatory instincts, you'd be probably starting instead of uh, Villa having to sign some matter. So uh, he's had chances. Unfortunately, he was injured most of the time and uh, I can't see him being a Villa player past the summer and for his sake I hope he uh, impresses at Forest and you know gets mm. a move there yeah good luck to you. Uh, January window is open uh, I mean the first day of uh, clickbait was was quite hilarious with all kinds of <laughs> all kinds of BS from Firmino to uh, the return of Grealish Return of Grealish to Cortinho. Uh, any you know anybody who's uh, played for Liverpool for five minutes has been you know will be linked to uh, Villa now just because yeah, of general. Can't we get can't we get Suarez or someone a bit fun? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only thing that looks like it's uh, a real uh, deal in terms of what's popped up is the uh, Axel Tuanzebe link to Napoli. United have managed to find a way of funneling out players that the Premier League teams don't want. They just send them to Italy, don't they? Chris Smalling's at Roma, yeah. Yeah. yeah, doing okay, I think. Yeah, I think that would be a good move for Tuinze. I think yeah, he's well, I know would... um, Napoli just lost one of their main centre backs, so he'd probably go in there and play straight away. Yeah, and uh, I think it's a, a league that would probably suit him as well. Yeah, slightly slower, slightly shitter. <laughs> that too. <laughs> and, until Zlatan eats him for breakfast or something like that. I'd pay to watch that though. Yeah, so it's been a bit harsh there, right? I think it's time for the year's first episode of Media Muppets. Right then, Phil, what's in the Media Muppet trough this week? As we've just said there, it's uh, transfer windows open, so silly season is upon us. So let's start off with uh, the Birmingham Live and the headline that they went with. Aston Villa linked with stunning 40 million swoop for player Gary Lineker loves. So there's a couple of things to unpack in this headline. So, who does Gary Lineker love? I mean, it must be a Leicester player. I mean, if you're in the £40 million bracket, here we're getting Madison, you know, the day in the life of a footballer, Madison, or we're getting, like, Telemann, somebody like that. It's going to be something good. If you click into it, and please don't, um, you end up finding out that it's actually Burnley's Dwight McNeil. Now, I'm partial who? to... Who? Yes, who? I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm partial to a Burnley player, but I don't expect to pay £40 million for one. And <laughs> as well as that... <laughs> Gary Lineker, what has Gary Lineker got to do with? And then you look back, and it's a historic tweet that they've dug up. And back in February 2020, Gary Lineker tweeted, um, that's stunning from the very talented McNeil, before he commented again in March 21. Gorgeous goal from McNeil, stunning. So that's okay, but newsflash, it's, it's now January 2022, and Dwight McNeil <laughs> has registered one assist this whole season. So the story actually came from The Sun, and there's a line in The Sun piece, so I've done double clickbait duty for everyone, uh, which says, Villa were linked with a move for McNeil in the summer, but opted to sign Leon Bailey from Bayer Leverkusen. I, th- I think you've got your answer to your clickbait there. It's, this one's it's dead in the water. Yeah, the obvious candidate here would have been the old uh, Richard Key says Villa should buy back Jack Grealish for 50 million. I mean, 
just somebody creating a headline out of that is literally uh, i mean if if jack grealish was a horse that was flogged i mean it, it's surely just a skeleton now that they're flogging <laughs> a, a carcass <laughs> and shergar uh, yeah <laughs> a long dead rotting carcass they're flogging now i mean come on uh at least be creative with you bloody clickbait you assholes right uh three points safe standing is up and running in england for the first time uh in 33 years uh, when chelsea hosted liverpool in uh, is it the two old draw yeah, yeah, it was yeah. at Stamford Bridge. Yeah. yeah, Chelsea, Manchester United, Manchester City, Spurs, as well as Cardiff in the Championship uh, have all been uh, approved to trial safe standing uh, during 2022. Is it just the end of this season? I think they've got like selective games. I don't know if it's every week, but they've kind of picked, right. they're like sort of um, what they call like pilot events. Yeah, because Wolves have the rail seating installed. I think Anfield has as well. They've got some, haven't they? Chelsea have got it. I think yeah. Chelsea were trialling it for home and away fans. Yeah, I mean, as we've said previously, uh, you know, Villa were the first Premier League club to uh, put their head above the parapet to say they would like to do a trial. This is, you know, going back to uh, Paul Faulkner uh, years uh, before the last two owners. Uh, mm-hmm. But since then, uh, I mean, every time there's, you know, you have these fan consultation meetings, you do prod at the uh, the safe standing, but it's not something that ever looks like it's going to be a reality. And I think it's one of those that uh, they don't want to retrofit and they'd rather rebuild and fit it in the new build, you know, the new stand. Mm-hmm. Because that's on the cards anyway, so they don't want to what would be essentially paying for it twice. The Football Supporters Association said of uh, this historic moment, uh, this is a huge breakthrough victory for common sense with a big step forward from the point of view of safety, but also customer choice, said uh, Kevin Miles from the FSA. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what the feedback is from it. I'm sure it'll be widely positive. Some people talk about, oh, this isn't going to be good for families. I'm like, well, that's that's part of customer choice. You can go and sit in a family area. Mm-hmm. The person moaning is always going to be sitting somewhere else that it, it's irrelevant to them. So why moan? Yeah, and I know that they they got the support of Margaret Aspinall, who obviously lost, you know, lost family at Hillsborough, the one who's driven the sort of the the Hillsborough families yeah. group. She's kind of said, you know, I was against it for a very long time, but we've kind of been walked and talked through this, and it probably is probably safer than. As we've said numerous times, it's probably safer than people standing up and going flying over rows of seats, which I don't know about you, but I've experienced on numerous occasions. As uh, the FSA (laughs) said, you know, this is a victory for common sense. And that's what took so long because people were being, uh, you know, they had empathy and they were were sensitive to uh, what had happened at Hillsborough. But that was never really related to this situation. That was all about fences. If you don't have fences, like when we're talking serious fences, you're not going to get a crush. And that's what uh, bad police judgment and those fences, that's what led to it. It wasn't people because they were standing. And people forget about that. Right, point number two... uh, China has banned its national players from getting tattoos. It'd be funny if England did that. God, if uh, only they did. <laughs> if England did that, like back in the days of Beckham, would have to have his whole skin re- regrafted. <laughs> Matt Target, step up. You're <laughs> <that>? oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Matt Target, the only player without a tattoo. Captain. Your ca- captain. <laughs> Footballers who play for China have been banned from getting tattoos and advised to remove ones they have under a new directive. The country's sports administration body said recruiting new players with tattoos at national level and to youth clubs 
was strictly prohibited. The the aim of the game here is to create a good example for society. I think uh, over well, more like Eastern, whether it's China, Japan, you know, there's a lot of uh, links, you know, tattoos, branding criminals, uh, you know, crime groups in East Asia and uh, tattoos among certain ethnic groups are often seen as a mark of the uncivilized. I think they've also had issues of dyeing hair and stuff, uh, basically freedom of expression. Obviously, tattoos became a fashion and a fad. So, uh, you know, each to their own, as long as they're not getting spiritual quotes in different languages. Languages that are spelt wrong. Live, laugh, <laughs> love, and all that sort of shit. Carpe diem. Interestingly, uh, the Maori newsreader, she's become the first person with a traditional chin tattoo to uh, anchor a news program. So uh, there's more. It's the other side of the coin where it's actually uh, broken through. Right. Uh, point number three. Very Irish sounding Roberto Lopez, Dublin born. Is set to star for Cape Verde at the African Cup of Nations after getting a call-up via LinkedIn. Lopez was... Uh, he'd previously joked with his Bohemians teammate uh, after he got called up for Tunisia that he would play in the uh, the AFCON as well, but he didn't really follow it up. But uh, in 2019, uh, after he moved to Shamrock Rovers at the time, he got a message from the, the Cape Verde coach, Rui Agas, who uh, unfortunately didn't get a reply because Lopez thought it was just some spam. And then uh, a few months later, he, he got a second message and it was in Portuguese. So he uh, Google translated it and it was an offer for to play for uh, Cape Verde. And he'd represented uh, Ireland at youth level, but it, so he actually had to uh, apply to the Irish FA to in order to, to declare for them. But because uh, they, I think the Cape Verde went on a headhunt for players like Ireland used to do back in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Have you ever had anybody try and headhunt you, Phil? Not on LinkedIn. I'm going to I'm gonna have to check my messages. No, unfortunately, it. I wasn't needed. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you, you never think of a LinkedIn. You, you obviously think about it for, you know, headhunting Spam. for normal normal jobs, but uh, not for the offer of playing at the African Cup of Nations. It's probably how Trezeguet got his uh, invite as well. That's <laughs> probably how I got his sign for Villa as well. That's what, that was Suso's job, wasn't it? It's just LinkedIn, just casting that far and wide. Yeah, just scroll through LinkedIn. Doom scroll. <laughs> In the case of some of the players that we've bought. Right, uh, let's move on to uh, what's been happening on the pitch uh, when Villa have been allowed to play. Uh, we'll we'll make references to the Chelsea game. Uh, we don't have to go back there, but uh, we'll focus mainly on uh, Brentford, who, uh, was, is it fair to say we kind of dominated in the first half? But uh, going into this game, uh, the COVID situation, it kind of worked out. And there's two ways of looking at it. You want the points in the bag, so you, you'd have preferred to have played Leeds and Burnley and hopefully taken points in those games. But if you're not going to play them, and you know this is always the expectations of uh, managers when they rest players, or if you know if they field a weakened team in the cup, so they've got them fit for the league game, is that you should have a positive result in those games. Uh, and here we are. We're not playing two games in twenty in forty eight hours as we would have been Boxing Day and then Leeds and uh, so. So we should be reasonably fresh for the Chelsea and uh, Brentford games, but uh, nil point. Yep. I mean Chelsea. Okay. I mean, you know, we, we could have got something from that, but there's there's a theme which we'll discuss here. Uh, I mean, I think both games, even though different caliber of uh, opposition, same reason why. 
we didn't pick up anything uh, and we'll get into that the only missing part that we didn't really expect was uh ollie watkins not being there which is never a good sign because he's you could say he's a bit of a heartbeat of the team especially going forward fine yeah so with him how at least mcginn was back but uh, there were still uh, obviously the long-term injuries of Bailey and Nakamba. Ashley Young uh, was out as we as expected. But the main loss for me uh, going into this game was a suspended Mings because when it yeah. comes to steel and uh, a vocal presence, Mings is a is, is about all we've got really. And uh, we saw what happened against West Ham, and here we are going into a game uh, without Mings as well. Yep. And Troy uh, made a surprise start, actually. So he's kind of come first out of start, nowhere. First start of the season, wasn't it, as well, which was a strange one. Yeah, he's come out of nowhere. So uh, tell me about the start. Well, we played well. I mean, we, we, you know, we were good good in possession. Very, very similar to Chelsea. You know, there was some cracking interplay. You know, you're starting to see little flashes yeah. again of Buendia bouncing off Ramsey. They, they make a really nice pair, some of their interplay. Ings was getting involved. McGinn sort of spraying a few passes around. You thought, oh, actually, we're playing really well here. We... We kind of we took control of the game, got a goal at a really good time, which is a brilliant goal, the Ings goal. It's one of our best team goals of the season, I would say. You know, really nice interplay, great turn, little turn from Benduir, brilliant sort of slide rule passing between the defenders. And then it's a, got a classic sort of trademark Danny Ings finish, you'd say, like very little to aim at and arrows it into the far corner. Sweeps it in. Yeah, it's a great finish. And at that point, Villa of really good value for the- and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The lead. Would you, uh, and I, I open this to both of you, would you attribute Villa's improved uh, approach play and, you know, and little snappy passages by the emergence of Buendia yeah. getting his feet under the table now? I think Buendia and, and Ramsey, to be fair, as because they bounce off each other quite nicely, I think. Yeah, and R- Ramsey certainly collects the ball and advances 10-15 yards with it no problem now I mean that's something that he didn't really do before we didn't know what he did but now he he gains yards (laughs) yeah he's our ball carrier (laughs) didn't know what he did (laughs) it was indefinable wasn't it his role yes that's sore 
Yeah, I mean, all, all we mainly had to, to go off uh, in the early uh, initial days of Ramsey's influence was he gives you legs. That's he what we used to say. He gives you legs with the ball. <laughs> he takes yeah, the ball with his legs, yeah. But no, he did well. And then for, you know, for sort of 40 minutes, you think, wow, this is almost not too easy. But Villa are really controlling this without yeah. sort of testing Brentford. And you know, we, we weren't exactly, like, they weren't under the cosh, but we were in complete control. And then, you know, cue a, a little bit of defensive, you know, the shape just goes slightly out target gets sucked in ball watching and they just cut through Villa really quickly it's a cracking finish for the equaliser do you blame the centre-back partnership obviously with Mings out I think Hawes Mings has certainly got that more kamikaze thing that he'll throw himself at the ball try and get a block off Hawes had kind of just dropped off and as soon as you gave him the um, encouragement to shoot he buried it and like Martinez is nowhere near it's a great finish to be fair to the guy the thing about it is that the Hawes had the chance to take a yellow or do something, which Mings yeah. would de- definitely have done. But but the, when the ball goes into the, the Brentford striker, I mean, the, he'll never do that first touch again. It was the most perfect touch on his right foot and put it on yeah. the left, and then it was a great finish. I mean, that's what you said at the time. It's just one of those things. It's more how how they reacted to that happening against them. I mean, yeah. it's almost like when it goes off script, then there's a bit of confusion at Villa. Because at the time, there wasn't much chances either end, was there? No, we'd had we'd sort of huffed and puffed a little bit, and we had some again. It was all good approach play, very very similar first half to Chelsea, but with just that final ball wasn't quite there. Um, but Brentford had absolutely offered nothing. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Wow, where did that come from?" And then for sort of a couple, no, two three minutes before half time, we thought, "Fucking hell, Villa need to get to half time here." They were clearly very rattled. If you uh, cast your mind back to the home game, uh, we had an abundance of uh, injuries and people missing, yeah, we... and and Brentford had just got that good result against Arsenal, and you think oh, this could be a this could be a long afternoon. And Brentford just seemed really passive; they didn't really go for they were it again. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's, it's strange. It's it's obviously they play with a certain amount of caution. Yeah, and a certain amount of yeah. efficiency. <laughs> Yeah, They're so deep as well. They're really, really deep. As a like, I mean, Tony's Tony isn't even really up front on his own as a, like a, as an outlet. He's he's in the, his own half as well. He's almost like a number ten. They played the high line a few times when we had a free kick, like from our own box. They all they they're kind of almost on the halfway line. The whole team. Yeah, and then you know you sort of come out in the second half and you think, well, Villa have played really well there. They kind of just need to say, well, all right, we'll take the goal on the chin, but more of the same, and we'll be all right here. And for sort of. 10 minutes you thought oh, I think it'll be okay you, you fancy us to kind of maybe get back up head of steam and then the, the, the game just went really really flat yeah because it's a rare game that Villa actually bossed the possession as well yeah yeah um, you know Martinez makes a, a brilliant save tips one just onto the things I think it's onto the post isn't it around the post Ings Adam has a, another big chance you think you know a, a, of a fully fit match sharp Danny Ings probably buries that chance and it's a different game but probably easier than the one he scored actually yeah 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 and then you kind of, at this point, you're starting to think, mm, if we're going to make a mistake here, it's just a matter of who makes it and where, in, in what manner. And inevitably, it came, and it was a Courtney Hawes error, and it's a, it's an absolute horror show. The goal, it's shit, like really shit defended. Yep. Uh, I mean, good save in the build-up with uh, Martinez kind of yeah, paired it out, again, but again, yeah, again, kind of gave us a second chance, but uh, alas, not. Yeah, and so when you make sure, and then it gets sort of deflected in for the goal, doesn't it? Which, you know, if you're defending like that, you're not going to get a lucky break. This is the second time uh, in succession we've given away a lead to uh, go on to lose the game. Mm. I'm just, I just completely run out of steam, and this is where the the sort of the COVID situation, the injuries have shown. Where you know, for example, in the Chelsea game, yeah, they were bringing like Kovacic and bloody Lukaku off the bench. You know, they're pretty, yeah. and, uh, you know, they're bringing real world class quality. Brentford didn't need to make big changes, but they had a couple of injuries during the game. Yeah, and. Um, but we we just didn't have um. Then the last couple of games, the subs 
that Gerard has made have just not been effective. Whereas in the early games, he, he, they really pushed on when they brought subs on. Question. If Traore and Trezeguet are off-ski to the African uh, Cup of Nations, would you have played them against Brentford or uh, to obviously get ready? or Because uh, what are you really doing with them? Because they're both lacking match practice and all you're doing is giving them an extra match for their international team, really. When mm. should you be getting used to playing without them? Because that's what we'll have to do for the next month. Well, I didn't have a problem with Traore starting. I mean... yeah. We know what he can do, don't we, on a good yeah. day? You, think you just because, like get him on a good day? Yeah, because Brentford, I mean, you should be taking the game to Brentford. You, you know they're going to... I mean, look at their defenders, Pontus Janssen, just for one example. You get Traore one-on-one with Pontus Janssen with the ball on the ground. Traore should be skinning them every time, so I have no problem with him starting. What I do have a problem with is whenever he's having an awful game by his standards, he should have been taken off slightly earlier. Yeah, a lot earlier. Trez- yeah, is a strange one. Like, you mean you're thinking, do you throw on Philogene Badeus? Or is it a case of get Trezeguet on and wave him goodbye? This is his last appearance in the Villa shirt, something like that. I just, I just don't know. It wasn't the game to put him on. Speaking of Trezeguet, uh, Phil, we, you mentioned in your Good, Bad and Ugly about, uh, well, I forgot, what, what did you call the uh, basically yeah, the, the winning, the, winning penalties? What was yeah, it called? The break in the ice penalty. Break in the ice penalty when, again, for against, against Chelsea, we've seen it many times in Manchester United, Liverpool, well, in the Liverpool one recently, where the game's a stalemate and uh, Villa are doing very well at actually keeping them out in open play. And that's when, and the big teams always do it because the players that play up front are, are wily characters as well as being talented. And they know how to win penalties. Chelsea did it, Liverpool did it a few games ago, and uh, Chelsea did it to uh, break the uh, deadlock when they found themselves 1-0 down uh, on yeah. Boxing Day. And when we tried to do it, yeah, our attempt at doing the same thing, Trezeguet, shows you how far away. We've lost so many points to this winning the penalty. And the idea is you actually, you've got to run into the player. It's easy to uh, execute to a certain extent. You don't dive away from them. You dive into them and try to make out there was actually some contact. Yeah, because from it's, an, it's a horrendous dive. It's awful. Oh, but it's from, all, but I mean, if it was the opposition, you'd, you'd be throwing 50 peas at his head, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> not not that from, I advocate that. Yeah, but fr- from an angle, there is contact with the guys uh, very light contact with the guy's arm on Trezeguet's face but you know there's a he wouldn't even get a job as a stuntman in the film there's a direction to like there's a direction to fall to sell a punch I mean and he just yeah. went completely the wrong direction I mean I've seen clips on when they're comparing him to like platoon when he was throwing <laughs> his two arms up in the air like he's been shot in the back but no it was just it was just awful I mean I guarantee that like we'll just take Salah for an example if the same situation arose Salah would have known the way to the fall, yeah. the way to dive with that, even at that lightest of contact, because the contact this is there the was, way. Yeah, the contact there was as light as the contact that Mings got in Salah for that penalty against Liverpool. Yeah, you know, Suarez won a penalty uh, against us when once we had them uh, penned down when Guzan came rushing out and didn't even touch him, but his dive was convincing enough to win the penalty, and uh, he's got to go back to acting school. I mean, I, you just think back to Harry Kane's connection with Mali Cash last season. I mean Cash yeah. is already there on the ground and Kane throws himself into into the movement. While Ashley Young is uh, on the sidelines injured, he should be running diving classes for uh, the <laughs> likes of Trezeguet. Yes, but the, the real killer for that Trezeguet dive was 
he had done good work in the wing. He had beat his man. He yeah. had beaten another one. Oh, yeah. And he, yeah, had, yeah. he had the opportunity either to drive that at the keeper's legs to try and get a deflection into the net or pull it back. I mean, that was Naaman Light's moment that there's Trezeguet hero again if he does something like he, like I expected him to. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the potential of hero, I mean, it went hero to zero very quickly. It was, it was a strange one because, you know, as you said, you know, would, would you would you have played him if you know, if they're going away on African Nations duty? you got El Ghazi sat on the bench who, let's be honest, again, similar to those two, on his day can can be a match winner, has been a match winner. I don't yeah. see why you wouldn't say, actually, this is probably not a bad game to start him in or give him a bit of game time. But you've, you know, you're starting with one guy who's not match fit and you're bringing another one on who also needs game time when you're losing. Yeah, because I understand you, pay, you play your better players. You know, if they're only going to play for one game, it's better than uh, nothing. But these are players that have been out for a long period and are only just uh, coming back. So it's not as if it, they're bankers in terms of what they're going to no. give you. Gerard wasn't obviously happy uh, after. <sighs> The, no, the post-match. I mean, you're saying obviously we've conceded five goals in two games. You're not going to win games that way. I said the front three were lively. I agree with that. It's just the execution wasn't there. But the main thing, and his word he used uh, was grit and you need more grit. And as, as I mentioned with Mings out there, there's nothing really left in that team. It's a soft spine. You've got like, you know, your Sansons, Louises are not, when they got the ball fair enough but they're not brutal off it and they don't give you that spine they're not easy to uh, uh Gerard calls it grit I'll call it steel what do you want to call it bite bite bite's a good one yeah, yeah and we've been lacking that for and, and Nakamba was the guy that was yeah Nakamba protects the back four doesn't he added a bit of that bite uh, I don't think he was the full solution because he was still uh you know he's the, the smiling player he's not uh he's not the the beast that the opposition's going, oh, fuck, no. you, know, you, don't, you don't want to play against him. You want a player in that midfield that the opposition will never take on in a dribble. They'll always like to pass it around because they know if they're going to take it on the dribble, they're getting hurt. I mean, yeah. you, don't, you, don't try, you don't see too many people dribbling around Sergio Ramos because they know they're gonna, something's getting broken. I mean, the burning question of the week, what's the first position or the focus in terms of one position that you are looking at in terms of the January transfer window to solve for me, it's not one position. That's the problem. It's prob- there's probably two two definite positions and a third one that you need to buy back up. Stick to the question, though. One, I understand like the overall picture. You would think a number six would be the the main one. So we're talking about are we going down the the path of right? Let's add this grit, stroke, bite, stroke, steel with this yes, signing. You have to. You've got it. Yeah. And I think they have to have they have to be vocal. I mean, they have to have, they have to have like a presence about them. That's the thing. Because I mean, you almost want to buy a captain or a yeah. captain figure. You want someone who is the spine of your team. You want yeah. You, know, you want to have Mings, someone, and then a Ming, a McGinn or whoever playing off them, and then a Watkins or Rings down the middle. So that's going to be a bit minty, isn't it? Hmm. You would think so. Those players, I mean, you can you can name them from the past. Those players, but there's not, not a lot around. of them about anymore. No, not that not that necessarily. We'd either get can afford or would want to come, or and there's, yeah. there's lots of sort of um, unless you know, unless there's a there's a diamond in the rough on the continent. You know, nobody had heard of Kante before he arrived. Nobody had heard of Sansom before he arrived. Or Adrissa Gay, of course. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you know, the obvious example... No, I'd of, heard of Ashley Westwood. <laughs> the uh, obvious example of the kind of player would probably be Declan Rice in terms of who's doing it in Premier yeah, I mean, that's level. Yeah, the, the kind of... That's the... And there's the the template of a, of a player that's kind of transformed the fortunes of that team. They've you know he's a brilliant consistent player. team. He's he's actually added uh, consistency and made them difficult to beat at the same time as uh, propelling them up the league. 
Yeah, because I, I think Gerard is reasonably content with what he's got, especially when we're fully fit. You know, we've got a fully fully fit squad and everyone's firing. In terms of his forward line, I think he's got a lot of options. You know, when yeah. you factor in, you got Watkins and Ings, you got Bailey, Buendia's starting to look good. You can play McGinn further forward, which you know, maybe becomes much more useful than he was today in the, the Brentford game. You know, you can play. You got Ramsey that's come to the fore. Loads of options. It's more about actually let's let's make a solid. And do you want solid? Do you want stability? You need consist- consistency is the big one. You it's can never like guarantee we've, we've, that. We've got a soft spine and we need uh, a kind of metal implant just to uh, strengthen it up. If Gerard could sign himself, he would probably. Yeah, I mean, Gerard alluded to that it's, we're just too nice. And, you know, this yeah. is a what we used to say. was We were we've made for too long, haven't we? We've been saying yeah, In the image years. of Smith. Yep. Probably since Gareth Barry left. That's probably the last player in the middle that could put the foot in yeah he knew how to make tactical fouls as well but he could run the game as well and that's the thing that we also need we're not looking for like a Lee Catamol who's just going to go around kicking people it's you want that guy who will run the game you know Douglas Louise is okay with the ball but he's a bit flashy you just want this guy who'll just go give me the ball and I'll dictate the pace and you look at what Rice did that game against Villa yeah. Villa Park and he ran the game completely dictated the tempo it wasn't all like you know spraying 60 yard balls it was just the simple stuff Picking it up off the centre backs, yeah. brilliant. P- because the ball, I mean, we 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 had more possession than Brentford this time, but this is not our. It's not like Manchester City where we just keep the ball and actually you don't really need the uh, the kind of steel in the middle because you you're controlling it, controlling a game in a completely different way. But we're not at that level and won't be. Uh, start of the game. Well, the start of the game is that Villa have lost every game that John McGinn's had to be captain. Ouch. Now, Yes. Now that's not it's not as dominant a stat as you think. Um it's only been three games. Um Palace at the end of last season, West Ham this season and now Brentford. But again it is when They were all pretty minging defeats though, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Those three. Yeah. Yeah. Mingin Mingin's the word because Dr. Mings was missing in all three of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean across those nine points you'd have expected a haul of uh, I mean, bottom line, two, three points, four two to four points, I would say there. Very at the very least, you would talk about steel. But the thing about a team that's going going to be going places is if you can't win the game at Brentford, just don't lose it. You know you're going to because either way you're going to walk away from the ground frustrated anyway. Just take the point and move on. Everyone goes well, you know, difficult afternoon. We didn't play great, but we we got out of there with a point. That's what good sides do. Yeah, funny enough, at one one, the thought did cross my mind. Uh, you know, considering we've also drawn one one at Villa Park, is this we're actually at the level of Brentford this season? Is that where we are in the real world? This continuous improvement is a myth until we actually see it uh, rubber stamped in the league table position, because we are very much a mid table team. Can still lose against anybody. I mean, just you know, there's only two teams that have lost more games than our eleven, eleven out of nineteen games, and that's mm. Watford and Norwich. Yeah, even Newcastle. Uh, have lost less games than us. It's just because we're not turning those losses into draws when we have a bad day. Yeah, and we're not we're not killing teams off. That's that's just what it is. Because I mean, you look at the stats for that game, and Brentford only had three chances. That was it. Three three chances the whole game. It was the goal in the first half, the one that Martinez saved, and then the the, the winning goal. That's it. Villa had more than three chances. I mean. If Jared sits down and analyzes the stats, I mean, you, you know what you see in your eyes at Villa. Were, you know they, they were always susceptible to letting the goal slip, but at the same time, 
Villa had more shots, more possession, more shots on target. Yeah, and scarily, it's it's now a common happening that we're giving up uh, when we've taken the lead. We've actually lost games, which is not a good look. And it's 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 individual errors still. It's concentration. It's mentality. Right. Uh, let's bring back our, when we lose. You know what has to happen. Oh, sharpen that guillotine. <laughs> right. Uh, if we had to line up the uh, match day squad. Are we shooting or what are we doing? Sending them off to uh, African nations? Oh no, that's 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 <laughs> already happening. Uh, who's going to uh, Nottingham Forest to clean Keenan Davis's boots? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, the, is, this has got to be an easy one, hasn't un- it? Un- until the end of the season. <laughs> that is the punishment. Who are you going for? I- I'm going to break with everyone else and I'm, I'm not going to send Trez away because he's already gone. In my mind, I'm sending Courtney Hawes away for that. I mean, I, I, it was going to be one of two for me, so yep. I'll, I'll agree with you on that one then. Because the guy the, didn't cost us the game. Mm, no, but uh, Hawes is, um, you, you can say he, he got turned for the first one, and for the second one, the chance was there to clear it. That was just put that in the space. That was where that ball should have went, instead of like trying to control it and ending up just kneeing it back to the Brentford player in front of you. It's funny because the narrative across Twitter after the game was very much that surely... The, like the Brentford game kills any argument that people said that Courtney Hawes should be playing over Tyrone Mings. I mean, I like quite quite like Courtney Hawes. I think he's a. Seems hang like on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang player, on but... a minute. Hang on. Hang on a minute. I'm hanging. Doesn't <laughs> doesn't Courtney Hawes get a veto, uh, like a free pass on this because he scored the winner at Old Trafford against Manchester United? Apparently not. No, because Mings to- Mings told them to run to the front post. So uh, yeah, no, that's no true. Mings, that's no true. <laughs> yeah, good moment, but. He's just, you know, he's one of them players you kind of think, well, nice enough squad player and you want him to come good whenever he gets a chance, but he's just he's just not quite there for where we want to be, is he? That's what Wolf said, because he was on their bench. Uh, sort of solid, <laughs> but not... When we bought him. Doesn't say much for Konza's ability to organise whoever replaces Mings either. And It's individual errors, though, as well. Though. The second goal, that's an individual error. That's not on Konza. People think the sun shines out of Konza's ass, but uh, when Mings isn't there, he's uh, very susceptible. I don't think he's been as dominant this year as he was you know, the previous sort of season and no. you know, through the lockdown period. Because, you know, we've always said if you want to distill it right down, the dynamic is Mings attacks the ball, Konza sweeps, and that, you know, in a nutshell, that's what was the success of that partnership, and that's why it works. The dynamic's good. Yeah, Konza's definitely the best, the best of our defenders one-to-one. Because he's got that little bit of extra pace, yeah, I think. But, I think that's going to be another area that will, you know, strengthen as much as we need a number six. I think we'll definitely, be, especially with Juan Zabi's out the door, we'll be going and buying a centre back. Yeah, God knows where from, mind. Because you know, Mings or Konza gets injured, you, you may have uh, a bit of a long season ahead. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think that's how we uh, finish. Uh, I just want to say uh, thank you very much to the Mailman Said patrons uh, for their support through uh, 2021. It's been a bit of a fragmented uh, last month or so, but uh, there's going to be a, a bit of a transformation happening. So uh, thanks for sticking around and the uh, extra shows will uh, come fast and furious. And uh, I'll be sending some messages out uh, with uh, what's uh, going to be going on. But uh, thanks for supporting us so far and in the future uh, it should be even more exciting that's all i can say at the moment if you want to join us in match club and uh, also get access to uh when we got a, we got a few shows to make up uh, because of december so if you want access to the extra podcast channel please do go to uh, the mailman said.com 
site and click on the patron link and get more details there and uh if you do uh if you're an annual subscriber i will keep the uh, two months free 15 percent off uh, discount that people get for uh, subscribing uh, annually uh, also please do uh, follow the podcast and all good podcast apps whatever you listen to so you get notifications when new shows pop and also follow us on our social channels as well which are in the show notes right gentlemen double header against united next any final words well hopefully we go for it in the cup yeah, there's no point what's the what's the fucking point in making change in like you know playing the kids or anything go out, go to old trafford and play a full strength side and take it seriously otherwise what's our, what, what are we playing for this season phil sure if you've got to win one of those the league or cup game which one do you want to win oh it's the cup it has to be the cup you I mean you want to win something you don't want to like you don't get a trophy for 11th out of those two games i think cups priority Plus we always lose to manu at home yeah, because that keeps the season actively open. Uh, I mean, yeah. we're at, we're actually a good, uh, probably about ten points or so uh, off the European spot. So that, and you know, let's face it, you, you can't let the amount of games we've let slip from winning positions. You, you can't expect to have any Against chance of Europe. Average sides. This isn't like top sides. This is average sides like Wolves and Brentford. who weren't even playing well on the day. I mean, yeah. We've lost more games than Newcastle this season. That's yeah. atrocious, isn't it? That's all you need to know about uh, European ambition. So uh, we might as well stay in the FA Cup and uh, give it a crack. Well, you've got to get through United. If you get through United, anything's possible. Uh, you know, you've got to say that up front. But uh, if you can get through the fourth round, nice draw, then uh, you'll get some of your big hitters back from injury. And uh, I think I fancy us against anybody, probably not Manchester City, in a, in a one-off game. In a one-off game, especially at home. Yeah, keep them for the final. Yeah, and I'm sure we'd have a better crack at uh, them than we did. Uh, and you know, we only lost two one in that game, uh, the League Cup final. But uh, so I think that's a good. You know, that would transform a season around big time. It would be uh, it'd be a great season actually if we win the FA Cup. I'd be huge. We we we're having this dreamers conversation now. Because, we are completely uh, just clutching get, at straws, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. Q twenty minutes into the Old Trafford trip, and I'm stood there thinking, why the fuck did I bother travelling up here for this? <laughs> But you know you got to you got to finish the show on a high. It's the first one of 2022, for God's sake. Could be a great week though if we beat, beat them twice in a week. Oh, oh, can you imagine? Oh. Can you imagine? Until the next show when we'll be halfway to beating them twice in succession. <laughs> it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.